0: You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network.
1: Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman. This is my co-host, Scott Brecky. Hi, Scott. Hi, Hi. We want to welcome you to the Bible Breakthrough. We want to thank you for joining us here today. Ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. The show notes are going to be linked in the description of this production. Now, in the last episode, we read Genesis 12, 1 through 20, and that was about God's promises, God promising a nation to Abram. The scripture that we're going to cover today is Genesis 13, 1 through 18, Abram and Lot. The questions you should be considering as you listen are, what does this mean and how can I apply what I'm learning to my life? Yeah, so before we open
2: up and read the Bible, let's pray like we always do. So Lord Father, I thank you again for this time, Lord. I pray that you would teach us to teach our audience, Lord. And I pray that you would have their ears to be opened and their hearts to receive. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.
1: Amen. All right, so let's open up the Bible and let's read the passage starting in Genesis 13 at verse 1. We're going to read the first 18 verses. And Scott, um, would you be willing to read that? Yep. So Abram left Egypt and traveled
2: north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. From the Negev they traveled; they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar and he worshiped the Lord again. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their livestock and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. Finally, Abram said to Lot, Let's not, this, not, let's not allow this conflict to come between us and our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left." Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zora. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them he went there with his flocks and servants and parted parted company with his uncle Abram so Abram settled in the land of Canaan and lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain but the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Marer where he built another altar to the Lord well done alright so what do we got for the, for the facts pastor
1: well in general uh, this, this tends to speak to Abram's situation and kind of focuses in on some of the behavior both of his and Lot etc while they were in the land uh, or going to the land or coming from the land of promise, Mm -hmm. Uh, including specifically this section um, that speaks of his travels, that speaks of his riches, and also speaks of his devotion. Uh, The second main point is the account of the dispute uh, that happened between him and his nephew Lot uh, it covers the reason for the dispute and the other people that were involved in that dispute. The third fact is how that dispute was settled by the prudence and wisdom, the prudence and wisdom of Abram. Fourth point uh, or fact here would be Lot's departure from Abram uh, to the plain of Sodom, and the fifth point would be God's appearance to Abram to confirm the promise of the land. Uh, of Canaan that, that he sent him to. So let's just kind of dive in, just talk a little bit about uh, the key points here, uh, starting with um, his situation and his behavior. And I, I just want to say, you know, consider you know, your situation in mm-hmm. life and how you're behaving as well as, as we kind of talk about this. But I want to talk about Abram um, returning now from Egypt. Uh, The question I have is, why was he there in the first place? Now, we talked about this in the last episode, but I think it's uh, an important place for us to start as we consider uh, his situation and his behavior as we move into this scripture. So why was Abram and his family in Egypt in the first place? Do you remember? Yeah, it was the... Severe famine, right? Right. They moved him out. Yeah, famine forced him to go to a place where this described in the last uh, episode uh, as Abram being a foreigner, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He was. He was. He considered himself a foreigner. So why did he go there? He went there because you pointed out there was famine in the land. Right. And I would also ask this: if there was famine in the land a man that hears from God, did he lack faith in God yeah. as he chose to leave the land that he was in to go to Egypt? Yeah. Did he think God wouldn't take care of him? Was he concerned about that? What do you think? Sure. Well, <laughs> um,
2: I I think it was. Um, I It doesn't say in this text, but it doesn't say that God told them to leave and go into Egypt. It was only that the severe famine came on, on him. So, um, why would he, why would he leave the the area where God told him to stay at? I mean, obviously the Lord had led him to that point. So, wasn't he gonna wasn't he going to uh, supply every need that he had? But it's hard though because you we think well well, well that's so easy. Well, when you're in that position of you know, my goodness, we don't have enough food supplies for the animals. You know, things could be dying off. You know, let's let's go into Egypt because I know they got stuff there that we we need. So sometimes it's easier to, you know, trust trusted uh, the physical sense of you know I'm gonna go to the Pharaoh because I or the Egypt because I know that's where I can get it. But yeah, trusting in, we, we, I think we have to continue to trust in the Lord for all of our needs because if he, if he really did clearly lead you to, like in this story, lead you to the aerial, of course he's going to take care of you too. He's not going to abandon you now.
1: So. Well, right, and I think a lot of it's just the ongoing uh, idea that God's testing us, yeah. constantly testing us. And so think about your circumstances. I think circumstances, I think when we hear God and then we obey and we go and do something and then we stop, ponder a little bit or think a little bit about things and then we find ourselves in certain circumstances Um, what happens next can determine um, the outcome of our journey in terms of maybe how long it takes us to to get to the place that we want to go. In this case, would you say that his revelation while he was in Canaan and prior to leaving Canaan because of this famine going on, would you say that his circumstances um, brought on some fear and that's why he chose to go to Egypt where there was plenty of food and so forth?
2: Yeah, I think it for sure was driven by fear because what is famine? Well, it's a short of you know, supplies and food, right? So mm-hmm. just food? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. We don't want, food's running out, famine's coming, let's go.
1: So, yeah, I think it was completely driven by fear. That's why I did that. So, just a case in point, and we'll talk about some application in this in a little bit, but um, number one, hearing from God, being obedient, then recognizing circumstances that are prevailing at that time. Mm-hmm. And what the enemy might do in those circumstances that would cause us to maybe abandon our purpose or our mission at that moment. Um, What made people wealthy was the large volume of their herds. Yeah. And famine, uh, they all would know this, of course, famine can wipe out your herds and make the wealthy poor. So again, why was Abram in Egypt? Was he concerned about his riches? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was Egypt the promised land that God had told him to go to? No. All right. <laughs> so what goes on then with this? If you look at the process, number one, we hear from God, we obey. Number two, we evaluate our circumstances. Mm. And in so doing, the enemy can by us uh, allowing him to, maybe we experience some fear, then the enemy opens a door, or we open the door with fear, um, and then that can lead to temptation. So in this case, do you think fear, in Abram's case, led him to temptation, the temptation to protect his riches and go to the place that God didn't tell him to necessarily go to?
2: Yeah, I think he should have just stayed where he was at. I think that basically he went over to Egypt and came back. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? He shouldn't have gone there and came back. It was,
1: was a big old waste of time. Right. So. And in that scenario, temptation led to action. Right. right? Yep. Did Abram go to Egypt? Yes, he did. Yep. Did Abram have then to... Uh, On his journey to uh, Egypt, uh, the sense of fear came over him again about them killing him. So Abram lied about Mm -hmm. who he was to the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt to protect himself. So here's here's the thought about application I'd like you to think about. Like Abram, sometimes we find ourselves in places that we shouldn't be. Agreed? Yeah. Sometimes we do. Maybe today that's you. Uh, maybe it's not today, maybe it was yesterday, or maybe it's coming, right? Um, oftentimes, we get there because of our circumstances. Our circumstances can tend to cloud our judgment, and as that happens, fear can take root. Mm-hmm. That opens the door that leads us into temptation and wrong actions. In the case of Abram, we could see that. And however, when we come to our senses, like Abram did eventually, we had to leave, We have to leave at once, so when he came to his senses, he left Egypt yeah, and got back on course, right? Yeah. So I talked about the second element of um, Abram, and that was his riches. Abram was very rich, in the, in the, and yeah. this lays it out in verse 2. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Yep. Um, the Hebrew word itself describes being rich as a very heavy burden. Being rich is a very heavy burden and Habakkuk six 5-6 through 6 speaks to this burden and I thought I'd share this and get your insight on it. There's a burden of getting rich. There's a burden or a fear in keeping your riches. Temptation in using your riches. Guilt in abusing your riches. Sorrow in losing your riches. And a burden of accounting for your riches. And... My my question to you is, have you experienced that? Have you seen that? Does that make sense? Uh, totally. <laughs> because it's start almost like you start to
2: build up your self image, right? And then oh, if I if I lose it, you know, what are people going to think about me? And how am I going to continue to 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 keep it up here? So I I understand that. That just sounds like a huge burden to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just all this, I mean, keeping it and. Fear of losing it, and what happens if I I can't? You know, it's just like almost something that, you know, it would be very hard, very hard to keep up with. So, yeah,
1: great possessions um, make men heavy because of the sheer size, the magnitude of their wealth and their possessions. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Abram was not only uh, rich in faith, as we know, and in good works, as he was. Yep. and in the promises I mean he was rich in the promises that God gave him he was also rich in cattle and silver and gold so I have an application thought here or a question about application maybe comes up um, so God in his providence sometimes makes good men rich men and then he teaches them how to exist with wealth and as we as well as how how to how to suffer want okay because I think I think, whether you've been rich uh, or not, you've suffered want. God uses that. Now, the riches of good men are truly the fruits of God's blessing, and and the enemy can take that and warp it, uh, which is what he does. He, He always takes the truth and changes it just a degree or two, and then it becomes a lie. It sounds like truth, but it's a lie. As it pertains to riches, though it's hard for a rich man to get into heaven, I also think it's important to note it's not impossible. Yeah, and we know that because Abram was a rich man. Yeah, and we know w- what is coming. Uh, we know the promises that God has already made as it pertains to him, um, birthing the nation, if you will, uh, his descendants ultimately will birth the nation of Israel. Um,
2: hold on, I have a I have a, I have a quick question for yeah. that. So you said that you know, like Abraham, he's got all this stuff, and that, of course, is God's blessing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've heard stories where, you know, people who are in more of, like, a third world country, they will say, you know, well, I'm I'm not blessed by God because I don't have anything. I'm poor. Well, you are because you're blessed by God because all the stuff you have. So, is, like, I'm just trying to, d- to display, like, You know what is considered Ooh, you're rich you're blessed by god but then you know like what is rich you know i mean we could have we have so many so many levels of Mm -hmm. i mean i could say well man if you make you know a million dollars a year that's considered rich to me but then to the person who is like you know barely makes anything you know a person that makes forty thousand dollars is rich and then, of course we know that like today is you know the average person doesn't they live on like $4 Four dollars a day or something like that. So, right,
1: I, I think I think the I think the key, uh, as I kind of started out with, is that God in His providence. Mm-hmm. So God is the one who makes us rich, right. or not. Right. It's yeah. His providence. Um, sometimes He makes good men rich. Men rich as compared to what? I think think Abram was a a very rich man. We know that. He was rich, and yet he was very close to God. Um, Being a true believer uh, can lead to what we refer to as an outward prosperity, Mm -hmm. where others would look at you and go, oh, man, that guy's loaded, right? Um, And you you can read about that in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. Now, Uh, Outward prosperity, if well-managed, is an opportunity in doing so much more good for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So what is wealth and how is it defined and who compares what to what is a big question. But each person knows individually, you watching or listening to this, you yourself. Yeah you know whether you're considered wealthy or not, whether you're rich or not. You know when you were and you knew when you weren't. We all kind of get a sense of, of that, I think. I think the, the, the key point is is the sincerity of our heart. Yeah, We I talked agree. a little bit about that in the last couple of days. But, you know, it's, it's really the heart that matters to God. And He also knows because of the sincerity of your heart what you're going to do with those great riches. Yeah, I And because agree. of that, we can clearly say it's his great providence or his great wisdom mm. that will allow it one way or the other. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. What about his devotion? We we saw it in the episode previous. It, it seemed like wherever he went, he would, he would stop, pause, build an altar. Another altar, yep, at the end. <laughs> so he was very devoted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean we have to look at that from the perspective of God. God sees this man's sincerity in his heart. Mm-hmm. And as a, a result, the actions that follow prove it. Yeah. You know? Yes, yeah, sir. Abram Abram consistently remembered God and it is illustrated in his actions as we read this we'll continue to see wherever he goes, he builds an altar um, so that he can worship God, remember God, pray. God.
2: And just that word action stands out to me because it's by um, you know of course his dedication to the Lord but then what like his actions were just so I mean I know he screwed up but I just want to talk about that for a second because in this story we see him you know obviously there's this fight that breaks argument that breaks out between the herdsmen and I just think he handled that with such wisdom Mm -hmm. because I think about being put in that position today, maybe not a ridiculous amount of sheep and goats and stuff, but there's like situations that happen in our life where we can handle them one way. It's like we could go down this path or we could go down this path and each path kind of leads to a different scenario. But I love that how he comes to Lot and he's like, hey, you know look over the land whatever you, whatever mm-hmm. land you want you, you take it I'll take the other you know how easy would it have been to be like okay I'm, I'm taking that stuff that's the best and then you can just have the rest you know so I just think that he handled it with wisdom um, handled it in a, a godly manner because we could be tempted to be to handle it in a totally different way and I've done that before in my life you know I've handled things where you know I could look back and be like, "Dang it! I really wish I would have handled that this way," in, in in you know serving after the Lord in that decision in that way. So,
1: uh, there's an old saying: ministry Ministry would be so much fun if it wasn't for all these people. <laughs> and it's an old saying, but uh, the truth is, is that as long as we Are in ministry, we are dealing with people because ministry is about dealing with people. And when we deal with people, inevitably there are going to be disputes. Disputes are going to arise. Um, That's how we are. And so the question is, how do we choose to deal with those disputes? What's the reason? In this case, Abram knew what the reason was. And it was a good reason that the dispute broke out. Their family had grown mm-hmm. to such a size that staying together didn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But the people were bringing that dispute more than Abram and Lot were. They were just dealing with the complaints right. and mm-hmm. c- kind of tiring yep. of them, I imagine, mm-hmm. which then led to, to a dispute between Lot and Abram. Yep. And you're right. Um, Abram obviously had carried a tremendous amount of wisdom. I mean, you don't get to be rich and wealthy <laughs> at his level without that kind of wisdom right. God gave. Yep. However, he did use that wisdom, and it was it was uh, almost... I, I really think this is a chief application right here because it was almost because of the way he used that wisdom. What he did was he said... I'll tell you what. We got a problem. Here's the solution to the problem, and I want you to decide. Yeah. He gave Lot the opportunity to make the decision. Mm-hmm. How could therefore Lot be upset with the action? So, I'm going to take I get I get to pick which section of land? Okay, perfect. I want that one. Yep. Lot can never come back and say, "Abram, you cheated me out of all of that." <laughs> yeah. Abram could just simply say, "You chose it. I gave you the right. You could either one." Yep. And it even says in here that Lot took some time yep. to consider it. So I think that was genius and wisdom personified. Yeah, the way that he handled it. That yeah, and I, th- and I think he he probably
2: was like um he recognized that God was sovereign, no matter where he was to pick. But um, I mean, I'm I'm glad that Lot doesn't didn't choose Canaan. <laughs> I mean, obviously God knew that already, and he had he had like you know stirred in Lot's you know eyes to pick the right one so that Abram would have um, Canaan.
1: But well, it, I mean, but it was it all—it was all Canaan, the, right? The, the, oh, well, yeah, the, yeah, the region there. You just got to pick which side which of the valley right, you right. wanted to go in. Oh, no, I hear you. But um, it's
2: interesting, though. Like uh, maybe in the next—I think it's in the next episode—but how the area that Lot chooses is, just happens to be right next to Sodom and Gomorrah,
1: and we know obviously that we'll save that for the next episode. But yeah, yeah. well, that uh, perhaps you're. I'm talking to our audience listening audience perhaps you're experiencing some kind of dispute mm-hmm. um, An application would be to ask yourself what is the reason for the dispute consider the people who are involved in the dispute and finally you know ask yourself ask God you know would you Lord have me use the model that we read about here from Abram and allow the other person to to settle. Uh, it yeah. to their liking. Yeah. And if you do that, I'm, I'm, I'm just, we can see here as we read today, as we read, God will honor that even if the person takes something in that dispute settlement that you don't necessarily desire. In other words, uh, you desire what they want, mm-hmm. but give it to them. Because what's most important Isn't the possession Yeah. What's most important Is the relationship It's all about relationship
2: mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah And then I'll just say this Just to kind of get close to our closing here And give you an opportunity to jump into But going back to his devotion um, We have to Like Abram Be very consistent in our devotion to God. That starts on a daily basis with prayer. Right. And also recognize that Abram did not leave his religion behind him in Egypt. He took it with him. So when we travel, when we go away from our home,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think this is a model illustration that we're to take God with us. Don't leave God back on the porch, right? Yeah. Um, when we cannot do what we would, we must do what we can in the acts of our devotion. So that just simply means you might not be able to, on your travels, um, go into your prayer closet at home, but you can go to a prayer closet where you're at. Um, when there's no altar, create an altar. Right? Wherever we are, we must be consistent in our prayer and must call on the name of the Lord. And I think um, that's something I see Mm -hmm. Abram do well, which points to the sincerity of his heart that God desires. Yeah. Anything else
2: that you got here? Any other questions? My application is really close to what you had said. So let's always strive to do the right thing. Communion with God and asking him how to handle in every situation is key. So bring it to him. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he had, he had brought it to the Lord. You know, hey, this this thing's going on, Lord. How do you want me to handle it? Mm-hmm. Well, let him pick first. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, bring it, bringing it to him in all situations that you have is is the best.
1: So, all right. So, as always, we we should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as it per, really pertains to and regarding application. Mm-hmm. Uh, Application is about being obedient, and being obedient is really the key that unlocks the door to transformation. As Scott likes to say, "What well, good is knowledge <laughs> if you don't apply it?"
2: Yeah. So, how about you, our listening audience? What can you apply to your life? What is the Lord uh, telling you right now? And and again, if you're struggling with this, we just ask that you would hang in there with us. You're not alone. You know, everyone struggles. It's okay. So. Um, stay, stay with us here. And just a quick reminder check out the bonus video where um, we will dive deeper into some of the main points from this episode if we decide to do that <laughs> or not.
1: Yep, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm not sure, but you know, look for it. If yeah, there is yeah. one, it'll be there yep. soon. Um, thank you for being a part of this, Scott. Again, as always, I love, I love doing this with you. Yeah, me too. And uh, we want to thank you, our listening audience. Um, we really, truly look forward to our next meeting together in Era 2 as we read uh, the story of Abram rescuing Lot yeah. in our ongoing story uh, study of the greatest story ever told in the second era, era called God's Chosen Family. Yeah. Thank you, and God bless you. God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry, and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcast, Spotify. YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.